Welcome to episode 93 of Talking Wild Madness. This is Adam. I have been uh, on a hiatus from the podcast, uh, not an intentional one, but I have been on one for, uh, I think the last episode was over a month ago. But uh, I am desperately trying, not desperately, but I am trying to to do them as regularly as I was. A lot has been going on and a lot has changed. Um, I've now been in a relationship for about six months with uh, a woman by the name of Talara. And that's changed a lot of a lot of things. There's a uh, there's a, a concept called the marriage lift. Uh, and the marriage lift, I haven't looked into it that deeply, but I've, I've just come across it in passing. And apparently couples, people who are paired, people who are coupled up, people who are married essentially, but I think it applies to people who are, who are together and are in a relationship together. The measure of their lives across things such as, uh, life expectancy, health, income, uh, all, all the normal measures of, of your of your existence, all it gets a rise up. It lifts. It it uh, the marriage tide lifts all boats, so to speak. Uh, and I think I've felt an element of that. Actually, I wouldn't say I've even. I think I felt an element of that. I have felt an element of that, and I think it has something to do with. There becomes an accountability when you when you are in someone else's space and they're in your space and you're living and you're basically living together. You're in in this in the union together, whatever that union happens to be. Whether you're in some Wiccan Wiccan union or a conservative Lutheran Mormon marriage or whatever it happens to be, or maybe you're in 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 the caves or the ice fields of, of ancient France battling saber-toothed tigers if you were if you were yoked to another cave woman you probably had a life expectancy of 37 uh, when all the single cavemen were dying at, at 27 so it's been interesting one of the things that's happened is that i have ended up drinking less and i've also ended up having a lot less time by myself uh, which of course has impacted things like making the podcast a couple of times a week but what's really has been interesting, my my partner Talara, uh, I, I've basically been single for the last four years. Before that, I was in uh, a monogamous, long term relationship for seventeen years. So this is very new territory for me. Again, I'm I'm dipping dipping my toe back in the waters of monogamy. I came across a. a, a post the other day from someone apparently toxic monogamy is, is now a thing uh, and that is and also to toxic positivity is now also a thing so if you're feeling uh, particularly monogamous you might want to you might want to check your toxicity your toxic levels of monogamy because there now is a toxic monogamy and if you are feeling a little bit positive you are feeling that that glass is just looking half full all the time. You also now might need to check whether that's whether your positivity is is teetering on the toxic side of things. So there's a lot of there's a lot of toxins out there to to uh, 
lot of traps to avoid. Uh, I have begun teaching at the university again this year. I'm teaching creative writing. I'm teaching a course uh, on Netflix and cinema, which is very interesting. I'm teaching a, a Shakespeare course. And we were listening to a podcast by John Bell, who I think, now from memory, I think he was he's from England. That's Wilco. You can hear barking outside. I'm in the caravan. And this is, are you coming inside, sir? Come. This is, um, the caravan, I think, has now become not only a place of, of sleep and refuge when the house is getting rented out on Airbnb, but it's also now become the podcast studio because I feel a little bit, uh, what's the word? I feel embarrassed kind of recording the podcast, even though the podcast goes out and I don't edit the podcast. And even though it goes out to, um, all the countries around the world that it goes out to, and thankfully people tune in and listen to it. Uh, I do feel very self-conscious if there's someone else in the room or even in the next room while I'm recording the podcast. I'm not sure what that is. I'm not sure I'm even that interested in figuring out what that is, but I do like the element of solitude and, and privacy when I'm doing the podcast. I have I have thought previously that it's a bit like doing a journal. It's a bit like doing an audio journal, doing these podcasts. And I suppose when you're, I haven't ever really kept a journal in my life. Um, but I would imagine if you were to keep a journal, you'd want to do that. You'd want to do that in the privacy of your own home, in the privacy of your own thoughts. So I, I think maybe there's something, something to that. Um, but John Bell, who came across, there was one play that his high school teacher read to him from Shakespeare, and I think it was Henry V. Uh, there's a Kenneth Branagh movie, Henry V. I didn't think it was incredible, but I watched it after Kenneth Branagh's Hamlet, which I thought was absolutely amazing. Uh, but so I'm not, I'm not a big, uh, I don't know that much about Henry, Henry V. Uh, but he basically fell in love with Shakespeare, fell in love with, with the words and has since devoted his entire life. I don't know how old John Bell is. He sounded like he would have been in his sixties listening to him on, uh, on the ABC podcast. Uh, but he seemed happy. He seemed happy and he seemed happy to devote his entire life to forming a, a touring company of, of Shakespeare. But he was talking about how, it's not fashionable nowadays for people to don blackface. It's not. It's not fashionable for a white actor to put on blackface and play uh, Othello, for example, or Iago, or actually, hang on, was Iago black? I'm not sure. Um, and it was interesting because he alluded to the idea that perhaps in the future it will become more fashionable, uh, or it will become acceptable again for. Uh, the right actor to put on blackface and play Othello. And I thought that was quite, I thought that was quite fascinating. And it was the first time I heard a mainstream, uh, I don't know if you'd call John Bell an academic. You probably wouldn't. Have. Well, I don't know what you'd call him, but it felt, it was fun. It, it was fun and unusual and surprising and refreshing 
to hear someone talk about uh, the mainstream thinking as as coming in and out of eras and in and out of fashions. And it would be, as much as it would be strange to imagine France today to still be under a mile of ice and saber-toothed tigers running uh, running over the edges of the Pyrenees, uh, it would be it would be very strange if in a hundred years from now the political thought climate was exactly the same as it, as it is now. There does seem to be an element of, of extraordinarily uh, extraordinary uptightness when it comes to thoughts. And there's a weird element where it's being taken on as mainstream, this tiptoeing around ideas, not being able to have just conversations, having to preface every thought with, and I don't mean to be bigoted, I, and I don't mean to be racist, and I don't mean to be sexist, and I don't mean to be ageist, and I don't mean to be uh, positive toxic, or I don't mean to be monogamous toxic. There seems to be an awful lot of weird behavior from human beings psychically, psychically, psychologically. Hang on, is psychically, psychically is when you can... Or is that telepathy? Or is it similar? I'm not sure. I'm not sure at all. Um, I had a German review come in of uh, Bird. Bird, uh, for anyone who's listening, it's their first time listening to Talking Wild Bandits. Bird is my uh, novel that got released about eight months ago now, nine months ago maybe. Oh, hang on, what is it? We're in March. Eleven months ago. Uh, and I just got a review in uh, a German arts and culture magazine called Culture Mag. And the the review, you can get online and, and read the review. In Germany, I'm called Von Adam Morris. And I'm not sure if that means Mr. I thought Herr was Mr. H-E-R-R, Herr, Herr Adam Morris. So I'm not sure what Von Adam Morris is. I will have to check that out. Um, but the review, was, to say the least, was very, very good. And Bird actually got compared in the review to the novel Voss, which is Patrick White, Patrick White's um, masterpiece and one of my favorite books of all time. So it was an absolutely pleasant surprise. So the editor of the magazine, he just got in touch with me today and he's let me know that he's going to pass the book on to an editor at Sir Camp Verlog or Sir Camp Verlag. can't remember. Uh, which is which is one of Germany's best publishing houses. Uh, it was the original publisher of Hermann Hess. If anyone's read Siddhartha, or Gertrude, or Glassbeard Game, or Demian, uh, and it was the original publisher of Wittgenstein. Um, so if we can get in, if we can get Bird, which I'm, I'm told is translated as Vogel. If we can get Vogel up and running and translated in the German language, uh, then that'll be that will be a. Uh, I don't even know. I don't. I, I. I wouldn't even know what that would feel like to hold your book in your hands, and it's in another language that someone's translated and, and published into into German at a publishing house like that. But of course, as Harvey Keitel said in Pulp Fiction. Let's not start sucking each other's dicks just yet. We're not over the line, uh, so we're not. We won't be counting chickens that don't exist uh, before 
the eggs have hatched, so to speak. But it's very pleasant, and it's nice to it's nice to think about. It's nice to it's nice to dream about, so to speak. Um, so we're working on the marriage lift. Mondays is uh, is a is a free day. That the weeks have become structured, and for someone like myself who I don't like structure when it comes to like work going into the same place every day. But for the last month, Mondays has been a, uh, a what-have-you day. Uh, Tuesdays has been pasta night, and we make our own pasta on a machine uh, that was given to me as a Christmas present by Fiona in Tasmania. And we have made uh, spaghetti. We've made fettuccine. We've made... Uh, not rigatoni. What is the pasta, the parcels that you put the meat inside or the vegetables inside? Oh, they're like little pillows. And I can't remember. We had pumpkin and feta and uh, was it basil or pesto that we put in? And then we had a chicken, kale, and a tomato. Uh, one, the other. Oh, I have to figure out what these are called. Uh, we also made some uh, bow tie pasta, which are the butterfly shaped pasta, which I think are called farfelli, farfelli in uh, in Italian. Uh, they were fantastic. We had them with a we had them with a mushroom, basil, cream, lemon, and white wine sauce. And I think my favorite we had pappardelle, which is an extra wide version of fettuccine, uh, and we had that. We had that, I think, two days ago. I think we had that. And what did we have it with? Oh, I don't know. I can't remember what we had it with. We had it with... We had it with... I think we had it with chicken and tomato paste. No, we couldn't have. Oh, we had it with sun-dried tomatoes and tomato paste and white wine and vinegar and capers. Oh, and cream, and it was it was absolutely delicious. I think it was probably it was probably the the favorite so so far. So that's Tuesday night is pasta night. Wednesday night is Harvest Movie Festival here in Albany. Uh, the movie theater shows interesting independent art house uh, movies, left of center, off the beaten track movies uh, every Wednesday. So we saw a Danish film last week called Another Round which was about a group of bored teachers who decided as an experiment to get drunk, uh, and they all had varying degrees of success with that. There was a few marriage collapses and career collapses. I mean, there was one, there was one suicide, and there was... Uh, but the main character came into, into his own after the movie. Uh, the week before that, we saw My Salinger Year, which was very good. And last night we saw The Nest, which was a very tense, uh, uncomfortable movie, but it was it was brilliant. It was very, very good. Uh, it had Jude Law and other actors that I can't remember the name of, and it was all basically set in the one house. It reminded me of Edward and Isabella, which is the film uh, we made, shot in November, and are going to be editing now this month. Uh, it was a very, very tight, closed-in in film. Uh, so next week, I'm not sure because I don't like to look at what the movies are coming up. I like to just go and sit down 
and have be be in front of this giant black screen and see what emerges from it. And that's um, that's that's what I like. So Thursday night is pool and spa night. So we're gonna do some laps tonight and sit in the hot spa. And we've been doing that. Well, we've been doing that for the last every Thursday for the last month. Uh, and then Friday is date night. And originally, I was thinking, hang on a minute, we're 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 doing pool and spa night. We're doing we're doing movie uh, harvest festival movie on Wednesday, and we're doing pasta on Tuesday. I mean, do we really need a date night? But apparently, we do. And uh, it's been great. It, it has been good. We went out last Friday to a Thai restaurant out in the middle of nowhere, uh, and it was absolutely fantastic, apart from the uh, late-night diarrhea uh, later on, a few hours later. Uh, but the meal itself it was worth it, man. It was absolutely worth it, uh, which might, may be why Thai people are so skinny. Uh, but, what, you know, whatever, however it works, uh, it was appreciated. And I, I would go back again in, in, in a heartbeat. Uh, I think the Friday before that, we did some uh, painting, uh, portrait painting inside. Talara, my partner, is a far superior painter than I am, so uh, it was probably a little bit more fun for her, I think, than it was for me. And this Friday, I think we're painting again, but this time we're going to try and do, we're both going to work on the one canvas. Uh, I'm a little nervous about that, I have to be honest. Uh, people, I have been criticized. People have told me that I'm arrogant. Because I have confidence in in what I do when it comes to writing and songwriting, uh, it's not and it's not an arrogance. It's just an awareness of your own abilities. I am able to write uh, good novels, I believe. I am able to write good songs. I'm not able to paint good pictures on on cue. Uh, a lot of the paintings that I do do that work work by accident and chance. I'm very proud of the paintings that I've got hanging up in my house, um, but for every one that's on the wall, there's there's half a dozen that are crammed under the stairs. So I'm a bit nervous about date night this Friday. Um, I have told Talara I'm, I'm going to be the weak link in the chain, but uh, she assured me that everything's going to work out okay. We shall see. We, we absolutely shall see. Um, oh, on Tuesday we had Pasta Pavoir, which was, this, which was the Worcestershire sauce and cream uh, and which usually goes with steak. Usually it's a steak pavois. It's a French recipe. If you have never had it, it'll change your life. Get onto YouTube. Look up Marco Pierre White steak pavois. Pavois, I think, is spelled P-O-I-V-R-E, and I, I think that's supposed to, that's pepper in uh, in French, apparently. So steak pavois, uh, Worcestershire sauce, cream, a little bit of stock if you have it. If you don't, it doesn't matter. Put in uh, half a half, maybe well depends how big your bottle is, I suppose. About a cup of Worcestershire sauce, reduce it by half, and then put in an, an, a cup of cream. If you've got three or four steaks going, then you need to add a bit of stock to, to beef up the sauce. And uh, we Talara had the idea of putting the pavois sauce in through the pasta, which is what we had on Tuesday. Absolutely insane indulgence, but, but well worth it. Saturday is a free-for-all day as well. So Mondays and Saturdays, the plan is no plan, which I like. Even though it's a, still a plan, I like the fact that there's two days there of no plan. And then Sunday is roast day. So uh, every Sunday, myself or my boys or Talara, we rotate and choose 
a different uh, a roast. I think it's my turn this weekend. I think I'm going to go with a roast chicken because we just planted some thyme in the pot in the front of the house and it's blooming. It's going very well. So I think I'm going to do a roast chicken with thyme and serve that with pan juices and maybe some mashed potatoes that have been peeled with some butter and salt and pepper and maybe some fresh sliced tomatoes on the side and maybe some lettuce and maybe some maybe some pan fried broccoli with a with a little bit of lemon on it that is the plan so that is the weeks i think i'm enjoying the marriage lift even though we're not married but i'm enjoying the the concept of of the marriage lift um i do feel a little bit elevated i'm i'm drinking oh February was one day a week with no booze. March, which is this this month, is two days a week without booze. So currently, Wednesday, yesterday, no booze for Adam. Thursday, no booze for Adam. Uh, I'm swinging back and forth on on these on these days on these sober days. They uh, they usually end up being a little bit emotional. Last few days, I think I ended up in tears last uh the last sober day last week and the day before that so it's i think there's some cleansing there's some psychological cleansing happening uh and then it's also causing me to drink less on the other days just because it it breaks the habit a little bit so i've I've lost some weight uh i mean i wasn't enormous but I, i i i uh I feel lighter and I'm not drinking as much. I am really looking forward to having a drink tomorrow, especially before uh, date night and painting night starts. So, But the key is obviously not to go too crazy. But that's the key in all things in life. <laughs>